Welcome to episode 177 of A Pint with Shawnee B. We drift out of summer in the Northern Hemisphere, those of you who are listening from there, and towards winter. Winter is coming, and with the dawn. Salve. What's that? It's a Latin greeting. For hello? Yeah. Yeah, salve. Like salve uh, Regina. Salve Regina. We'll be coming to, coming to Regina a little bit later in the podcast. What news have we got? Divil a bit. Kids are back to school and uh, we seem to have got our shit together on COVID in Ireland. We have over 94% of our populace vaccinated and America has stalled at 54 and is suffering the consequences. They're running a 9-11 every two days roughly at the moment in America in terms of numbers of deaths from COVID. Yeah, and we've been kind of measuring in that for a while and obviously recently since our last podcast was the uh, 20th anniversary of 9-11. And I did think, and I'm, I don't mean this in a cuntish way, but I did think you'd be waiting for all the fucking flag shaggers to be out and for it to be a big, huge thing because, of course, it's the only country where everything, anything bad ever happened. And I was like, oh, it was a bit muted this year. A bit muted. If, if, it, hadn't, if it hadn't been for COVID, it would have been fucking sickening. Well, it was, I mean, it was 20 years ago. I think it's one of those events, certainly I remember where it was when it happened. And... As I, I, you know, again, gallows humour, but it put the, you know, it put all other terrorism in the halfpenny place in terms of its organisation and its religious fervour that was behind it. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's because of American foreign policy. Yes, 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 and yes, but there's there's a definite. Well, of course, uh, it still wasn't nice, though. Like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? no. for any terrorism, which is, you know, that that's a bit of a kind of weighted word around our parts for any terrorism that we would have grown up around it's like well they were always polite terrorists like you'd ring and let people know in advance yeah, manners some, gentleman terrorists some bum fluffed Egypt from you know St. Enda's GAA gets co-opted by the IRA and blows himself up in a bus in London that's my local gag club <laughs> whatever <laughs> which is accurate with all due respect to St. Enda's and gag clubs but uh, yeah um and, you know, I have a good clip here, which I say for the podcast, which was uh, another Sam Harris clip where he was just saying, can you imagine, given all that we were going through, and we talked a little bit about it in this podcast in terms of fake news, in terms of conspiracy theories. I mean, there was a brilliant, fastly spun out conspiracy theory about what happened at 9-11. And Sam just makes the point, imagine if that had happened in the age of Twitter and I mean, the internet was just in its infancy back then. There was mm. no YouTube. There was no, and this this idea that what would have happened if that had happened in two thousand and twenty one? Have a listen. Then I think there really is no reaching you. And in that case, you are as far from the reality of what happened on nine eleven as the nine eleven truth conspiracy theorists are. These people who took what was probably the most witnessed event in human history and turned it into a kaleidoscope of paranoid illogic. I mean, at one point, 16% of Americans claimed to believe that 9-11 was an inside job. But we did it to ourselves, to motivate a war in Iraq, to steal their oil, right? Rather than just purchase the oil, we decided to fly planes into our own buildings and murder ourselves and start a couple of wars, because that would have been, what, less expensive? Of course, this prefigured all the madness that was to come. I mean, this was before social media. Can you imagine what 9-11 would have been like if we were all on Twitter? There were people, probably still are, who believe that the planes weren't planes, 
The Pentagon had been hit by a missile, not American Flight 77. It didn't matter that some people had spoken to their loved ones on that flight, up until the moment of impact. It didn't matter that others had seen the plane crash into the Pentagon with their own eyes. It didn't matter that there were plane parts on the ground. But no, it was a missile, proving the involvement of our own military. In fact, some people believe that the planes that hit the Twin Towers weren't planes either. They were holograms. And they believe that the voicemail messages from the doomed passengers were faked by CIA technology. They believe that all the people who were supposed to have been on those planes were quietly murdered by our government. They believe that the towers collapsed not because these buildings weren't designed to absorb the impact of fully-fueled passenger jets. No, they had been rigged to explode. For months, an army of psychopaths had smuggled explosives into these buildings in the dead of night. Now, you can take a few of those preposterous assertions a la carte, or you can take the whole lot. That's what millions of our neighbors claim to believe about 9-11 before the advent of social media. Can you imagine what would happen now? Anyway, back in the real world, we launched a war on terrorism. Yes, well... I mean, just... There's a great thing, have you ever heard of a thing called Occam's Razor? Mm. Occam's Razor is a, is a, I think it's a sort of a scientific kind of uh, premise based on a guy called Sir Something of Occam from the 1200s, I think. Um, that may be slightly inaccurate. But Occam's Razor suggests that the most obvious yeah. thing and, the, you know, is, is the most likely thing to happen. Or, you know, you peel away all the other excuses and you're left with, what, what you're left with is the reality. So, the, you know... There's, there's something in us would be it vaccines or COVID or you know, I think there's things like JFK where you go no no this could have been a setup right because I actually was in Dallas and I sat at the window where where Lee Harvey Oswald was supposed to have pumped three bullets out and it is like you want to be some shot seriously because he, he, he's, he's at an angle and the car's driving away from him uh, yeah, so, see, I suppose like I mean like, even in Sam Harris is starting as he goes on you're going <laughs> alright okay, okay but I mean to an extent, there's like a grain of truth in most things. So the idea, like, when he's starting off and talking about, yeah, because because there was war and everybody wanted to steal their oil. And I'm going, mm, okay, it's a bit more nuanced than that. Because wherever you fall on the conspiracy theory scale, not every conspiracy theory is completely bizarre. Some of them have a kind yeah. of, going, yeah. But th- there comes a point where you have to kind of touch grass and go, listen, pet. Well, I mean, I've got friends of mine who I really respect their views and who are intelligent and who are... You know, one of my friends is taking ivermectin and he's all high and mighty about the fact that some doctor said to him it would work. And he's the one saying, you need to think for yourself, Shoni B, about this. Take ivermectin as a, as a prophylactic against getting COVID. I mean, if, if ivermectin does work, and maybe it does, you kind of go, well, why are all these scientists and stuff? Well, because they're, they're, they're so blind to it because it's a right wing thing. They're not even going to look into it. Going, maybe or maybe it's just there's a big fuck off pandemic on and they're a bit busy paying attention to shit that's just not rock-chewing stupid. Well, right I mean, now. those of you listening who don't know what ivermectin is, it's a sort of a, a cattle worm, dewormer. You know, and again, there there hasn't been an awful lot of categorical proof that it doesn't work on COVID, but there has been quite a lot of people who are saying it doesn't work who are in very senior positions. And also people who, instead of having to stick a needle in every citizen's arm twice, will be looking for cheap alternatives. And then people go, well, no, it's just big pharma. And you go, oh, and you just can't argue with these people, you know? 
So yeah, the, I mean the the the, the, the the whole conspiracy thing and the fueling of that by social media that Sam Harris reverted to. I also have a lot of you've heard some of my friends and some of our friends going. You know, we just we just shut down Facebook and Twitter, and you know, all all. Well, it's just a microcosm of the real world. Yeah. And and it kind of shows how stupid we really all are. Yeah. So I mean, like when you put down to that, you need to think for yourself. I've a weird relationship with that because I think you and I are particularly people who do think for ourselves and. But throughout, no, but, no, but throughout life, life would have been a lot easier for you and I specifically had we not been so inclined to march to the beat of our own drums like so we we were fucking weirdos right so i think as personalities we're quite inclined to go think for ourselves but i'm kind of going well if you god forbid had something wrong with your heart and you're about to go in for an open heart operation i'd be inclined to say maybe sit this one out surely you leave it to the doctor (laughs) no i'm gonna think for myself i've been on fucking google (laughs) piss off and the idea that we can think for ourselves I, i know we were on a walk earlier i was saying this too like we outsource a lot of our thinking. And so like, I don't want to be a sheep. I want to think for myself. However, I am absolutely ignorant of quite a lot. Of course I am. No matter how much time I put into it, I'm going to be because we have information about absolutely everything. Mm. You can try and get a grasp on the whole Middle East thing. And if you put years into trying to get a grasp on it, you might know more than most people, but there's still a whole sections and corners that you don't know. Oh, sorry, I missed that bit. You know, so you couldn't possibly know, be, ab- be abreast of everything. So because we're flooded with so much information in order to stay abreast, we actually have to outsource our thinking, not just our opinions, but outsource our thinking to certain people. And it's incredibly arrogant of us and naive of us to think we don't do that because sometimes we do look at, well, this person, I mean, even, even if it's someone like Sam Harris, and we don't agree with absolutely everything he says and you disagree with different things than I might. But you do take into account, okay, where is this source coming from? Has this person been on the right side of quite a lot of things? Do they tend to fall on what I think? Do they have a similar moral compass to me? So the idea that we don't outsource our thinking is ridiculous. It's it's like that thing when people think they're non-judgmental. No one's non-judgmental. In fact, if you think you're non-judgmental, then you're fucking useless. Being realistic and understanding that we outsource our thinking means that we can then somehow question it and we can pull back and say, well, hang on, can we listen to people that we don't particularly like? But the first step has to be acknowledging, of course, we're outsourcing our thinking. There's this cognitive dissonance going on, people who want to try and believe something that makes the situation better. So 9-11 is better, almost, and more easily understood by a lot of people if it's an inside job. It's much more it's much more horrific, by the way, if it's an inside job, right? Because, as he said, it requires thousands of people to jury rig those buildings and missiles to fire on, on, on the Pentagon full of people, right? So... You end up in this situation where... Sorry, before you carry on, why is it better in that thought process? And I don't, because I don't people mean can objectively. then make sense of it. They said they hate the government. The mm. government is only after oil. So in other words, they provoked a war so they could get in and get the, get the oil. Right? Mm. So in order to do that, there needed to be some atrocity. And there's no way a bunch of, excuse the offensive term, I don't use it for uh, people from uh, the Middle East, but these people would use this term, ragheads, got together and got into a plane and crashed it into the Twin Towers, taking them down. It's so utterly preposterous that the Twin Towers could both fall within half an hour. So what I'm thinking there is it it makes me think of the Red Scare in the Cold War. And I wonder how many people were of a certain age that there's almost this trauma left behind from from growing up within this time when there was this external threat. The, the, The consequence of not believing is to believe that actually... There's whole bands of nut jobs from around the world with their weird religion that are coming for us. Mm. And that's worse than, than our own government are 
crackpots and yeah. they're coming for us. Yeah. So I'm trying to get my head around because I, I tend to agree that these things tend to be about cognitive dissonance and about what on some psychological level, what's more comfortable to believe. And I'm trying to get my head around why it's more comfortable to believe that it's an in, as an American, why it's more comfortable because to believe that. Because I think that. a lot of the, you know, yeah, and, and you, you're right to call out that it's not a left right issue, but a lot of these people who go here are people who fundamentally distrust institutions. Mm. Okay, so, you know, another great one was the moon, landing on the moon. We didn't land on the moon. It was all filmed in a studio in Burbank or something, right? And the astronauts got dressed up and the flag didn't the flag didn't wave or, or was, was wave. I, there's a whole pile of things there. But like what they don't realise is that we went back to the moon eight times after 1968 and we drove and played golf on it. So, you know, people so, just ignore that bit. Now say, I have a thought, now that we've gotten to there, I have a thought that, Generally, they're not the most successful people that tend to be the conspiracy theorists that believe yeah. all this magic. We couldn't have possibly landed on the moon. And then you go, okay, if so if it's about distrust of institutions, why is that more comfortable cognitively for them to believe? And I wonder if it's because if I live in a fair and just society that's being run well and I'm not doing well, well, then I'm actually just the fuck up. Whereas if society is corrupt and wrong mm. and that's the problem, that's why I haven't done well, is that where they're... Why, they're more comfortable believing it. It's a, you know, it's, I have to pay taxes to the government. You know, the, the, the right wing, Donald Trump supporting white people and 99% of them are white religious fascists, actually. As I said in an article, marching through the plains of America under the banner of Christ. And they, they completely deny this, okay? But they want to suppress still black people mm. and people of colour. And they want to make sure that the white whatever archy it's called, is protected. <laughs> I have to laugh at, there's this, that when you compare those two demographics, you can understand... They're Irish-Americans, by the way. Yeah, well, Irish. But so when you compare the two demographics, you can understand, reason, whether you agree with it or not, you can understand reasonable criticism of critical race theory and all the identity politics and the oppression then because that can come along with that and what I find hilarious is if you look to Donald Trump's gang and what it comes down to is this thing of this persecution complex that we haven't had a fair go and this need to believe that everything is stacked against them whilst criticizing the left for the oppression olympics shit and you just see the same thing happening non-stop and like you see it with the left criticising the right for their ridiculous supernatural views of the sky fairies are going to come and help us. Mm. But the left have a whole lot of religious dogma to their politics that if you say the wrong thing, you'll be called out on Twitter, which is like being read from the altar. So it's like they can't see <laughs> it's the same thing, mm. dressed up differently, mm. but it's the same problem. It's religious dogma, whether that comes through an ideology or a religion, doesn't matter. It's this persecution complex that has to explain why I'm not doing better. It couldn't possibly that I'm be just that I'm not very good. So you've just got the same human f- faults that each side are throwing stones at the other side and thinking, how fucking stupid could they possibly be? And you're going, it's just literally well, the same you know, personality traits are coming out. But also, to be fair, capitalism is failing the poor. You know, it's yeah. failing oh, yeah, yeah. the working class. This is fomenting. Like, you know, when you see Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos flying up to space in dick-shaped rockets, which I think is perfectly acceptable because actually we eventually need to get off this planet. So they'll be seen as the right brothers of their time after the moon landings we just agreed with. But to the common man, that's just Jeff Bezos and Zuckerberg and all these people making so much money out of them. And it's corrupt. And it is kind of corrupt because they're not half of them aren't paying the taxes they should be paying. It's a great example of why, you know, things like trickle-down economics is just an embarrassing thing to say now, but was the, the order of the day at one point. You end up with this 
lot a lot of people who distrust government, mm. who distrust corporations. And they're quite right. They are. I suppose my point is that sometimes there's a sneering, and you don't even have to identify what side we're talking about here because it applies both. There's a sneering kind of, oh, for fuck's sake, about people who distrust big government and corporations, depending on how you spin it. If you were to spin it in a in kind of left-wing language and it's capitalism, as that, then people go, yeah, absolutely, it's corrupt. But if you spin it in such a way that it sounds like it's coming from a right-wing pam- pamphlet, the same people who'd be rah-rah for the same point would go, oh, for fuck's sake, and would sneer at it as, at, at it as idiocy. So I suppose my point is, there is a grain of truth in everything. And we can sit here and go, how fucking idiotic, or we can kind of take it apart and realise that this is a thread that goes throughout humanity and goes through, it, it kind of transcends political divides. Mm. But we're all so busy sneering at the other side for exactly the same yeah. fault that's coming out in a different way. Anyway, you also then have this discussion that Facebook is propagating. And it is. And Facebook, I think, needs to take responsibility for uh, what it allows on its platform. But, you, you know, you then run this problem of where do you draw the line on free speech and what, you know, what I might find offensive, most people mightn't find it mm. offensive or whatever. But what it is showing is it's showing how stupid we all are. It's showing how the great... I mean, you know, there's an argument that... that, that, that we, we'll talk about this maybe a bit later. But there's an argument still brewing in the background of physics and uh, multi-universe theories of that, that you know that we do live in some sort of simulacrum or we live in a computer generated world which is very difficult to get your head around but if we if you think about the preposterous things happening if you think about the fact that the 911 thing did actually happen they dreamt it up and pulled it off mm. if you think about Donald Trump actually getting it becoming president like he he became president and he's an idiot I mean, thankfully he's yeah. he, thankfully he's not very smart. Well, yeah. I mean, if he was a very smart, devious, more devious kind of guy, he could be in right trouble now because he probably would have got re-elected again. Well, exactly. You see everybody panicking about, Jesus, Donald Trump can make a comeback. And I'm kind of going, oh, if he doesn't, he leaves a space for... <laughs> like yeah, when you marry yeah. your mistress, you make space for another mistress. <laughs> but so there's all these people in America who would listen to this and switch it off right now because we're dissing their great leader, Donald Trump. Yeah. And the day of, of, of 9-11, there were millions of people in the world dancing in the streets uh, in joy. People, in Muslim countries, in Indonesia, in, in, in parts of most of the Middle East, people were dancing for joy. And we're not allowed, we weren't allowed to call out Islamic terrorism because the left then starts getting involved and saying you're being a bigot. It's to do with America's foreign policy. Mm. But a lot of this is based on revelation. A lot of these people believe in an afterlife and they believe... Speaking of planes, we're playing about to fly in our window. <laughs> they believe in this well, jihad. Jihad, I know, but we're not allowed to really talk about. Yeah, it but it does come from anti, the scriptures. It's anti-Islam, or, you know, that we just had the anniversary of the France attacks. That plane is getting closer. We just had the uh, anniversary of the Paris attacks, but again, we're not allowed because actually, it's quite right. Not all Muslims hashtag, but a lot of Muslims do believe that there has to be, uh, you know, an end of days where the forces of, of, of Islam defeat the forces of the infidel, which is the West. And that's, people believe that. And they actually print it in their trade journals, the ISIS trade journal or whatever. I can't remember what it's called. It's called Behead or something. But, you know, it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> the news Beheadlines I thought tonight. it could be an ad- adult yeah. and just kind of go, don't even laugh at that. Don't encourage it. But I was like, fuck uh, what part did they cut off? A arms, B head. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but you know the, uh, we're we're all, we're almost told to ignore this, and this is the mm. thing that I think the theme of our podcast. This idea that things 
that we see with our own eyes and we we ignore. You know, it's the emperor's new clothes. It's the yeah. kid who says the emperor's not wearing any clothes and the whole town have watched Donald Trump parade in the nip through New York mm. and are cheering him. And one kid goes, he's not wearing any clothes. And it's a tremendous thing. <laughs> but we have this thing where, where you know, so the other, I mean, the other thing that's just reared its head again is the UFO thing, you know, which has been around for donkey's years. Uh, people see flying discs in the sky, people, you know, flying saucers. But it's always been kind of... A bit fringe. Yeah, and you're a bit of an idiot and you're a bit, you know, like it's always a guy in a cornfield well, in yeah. Ohio. You know, so never, if I say now, Sean... They never come to Washington and pull up outside the White House and have a chat. They, the leader must live here. They must know this. If I say, Sean, now, I don't know if you heard about this thing about UFOs. It's really like, you know, people are looking into it. I'm going to put on the documentary now. It's just dropped on Netflix if you happen to be cooking the dinner and your back is turned and the thing's coming on, before you turn around to see the screen, are you expecting, A, an overweight man with kind of greasy long hair, receding hairline, living in a trailer park? <laughs> B, a man in a suit? You know, like, which you kind of already have a picture of what you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, Um But what's happening with... And, and again, you mentioned earlier the, the Red Scare and, you know, people grew up in the 50s and 60s with this genuine, and even when I was growing up in the 70s, fear of nuclear war. And it, by the way, the fear of nuclear war, we've again decided to sweep under the carpet, but it's still as viciously relevant as it ever has been. But we just don't ignore it. Yeah, it's gas time we've just gone over that. And like from this part of the world, particularly because uh, uh, we have Facebook and Twitter and all those kind of things, anytime we have this kind of over and back with USians, um, yeah. there's this thing of like sorry when they kind of say that we're cooks and we have no freedom because we don't have guns and we're kind of going I know but our children don't actually know sing these little songs te- that, that are nursery rhymes telling them how to hide from guns and don't hide under the desks from guns before they can sing the alphabet so you know it's a trade off and what I'm kind of thinking there is when did they stop hiding under desks because of the mm. nuclear war? And when did they start hiding under desks because of shooters? Because it's much much higher a risk now. And we've, we had yeah. Donald Trump at the helm, and yet nobody was kind of worrying yeah. about that. And we also have much bigger likelihood of nuclear war because the nuclear devices are becoming more portable and because crazy people like the guys in charge of North Korea and Pakistan and India have got them and lots of countries have them. So we just could, got over it. It could just take one or two of those idiots to blow up each other and be that big fool but I don't want to talk about nuclear war I want to talk about the fact that the people were growing up in this time and there was a fear that you know and again back to Occam's razor so the, so the, the basic state of UFOlogy and it's apparently not UFOs anymore we're supposed to call them UAPs which is a Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon there's a very good documentary out which we'll have links to called The Phenomenon which is really well made and there's also Jay, Jay Abrams, who's the guy responsible for things like Star Trek and, and that has done a great documentary series called UFO, which just broke as well. And there's also a terribly made documentary. It's one of the worst made documentaries you could ever see called Skinwalker Ranch, which is a bunch of people trying to work out this peculiar ranch in uh, America somewhere. I think it's in Nevada somewhere where weird shit happens and it's, a, it's worth a watch even if you have to stomach the really bad way it was directed but all of these people grew up with, with a kind of a fear of the other 
mm. and it helps American defense if there's a fear of the other. Mm. But America defense kind of went in on itself and said, oh, it's all, it's marsh gas, it's weather balloons, it's this, it's that. There's the Roswell incident, which looks fake, you know, they couldn't have little green men. But of course they deny it. That fed him. Like, yeah, exactly. So that's like the narrative of every TV show or movie that was ever made in the 30 or 40 years after that was like, oh, of course they deny it. They're very, they're very pushed trying yeah. to deny it. But there were three basic tenets here. One, this is the American government military hiding mm. latest developments. And they were working on things like stealth and they were bombers and they were working on things like drones and they were working on thing, things like long-range weather balloons that could go over Russia and keep an eye on it. Two was it's it's actually stuff from Russia or China. It's actually competitive mm. advancements in technology. Or three, it's unexplained and otherworldly. And Occam's razor now is saying that the American defense team have come and said, well, we haven't... I mean, to put it in perspective, some of these things that have been caught on camera by fighter pilots in the last 20 years uh, are unexplained. They are actual made of something uh, and they're moving at things like 13,000 miles an hour, which would mean no one could sit in them because they'd be just turned to putty from the G-force. So they may not be inhabited. They may not even be of this uh, from extraterrestrials. It might be something to do with, I don't know, this world. They, they could be to do with uh, the fact that we're living in assimilation, as I said. And you could actually equally pro, you could imagine programming the world. I think we just make Donald Trump president. That'd be funny. Hey, we, we, we keep buzzing <laughs> them with fucking, uh, fake, uh, you know. Like uh, a 2021 version of Big Brother. Yeah. Or, or, you know, it'd be the easiest thing. What did you do? I just wrote a tiny little bit of code in Wuhan. Oh, and I just, I just released this tiny little virus. Yeah, but it's a bit like China. the Sims. So like yeah, children my yeah. kid's age that are all learning to code and shit. Yeah. They're like, they're like, yeah, the Sims, but on crack. Yeah. So you could put, you know, you could just say, watch this. If I put this in here now in 2019, watch what the fuck happens to the world, right? And it's the, you know, it's the smallest, tiniest little thing that replicates, replicates and starts taking over the world. And so you start then looking at, like, you know, I understand, by the way, anyone who's listening and knows that, you know, myself and the Don have been in lockdown for 18 months, that we haven't gone crazy. And this conversation is, is crazy. But you end up in this situation where, what we have now, and you know, what was uncovered in 2017 was the American government put 22 million into studying all of these UFOs. They have something like 4,000 recorded events. Lots of people have seen these things. We just watched Fargo, the series, and they had a UFO out of nowhere appearing, and it was. Wasn't but I mean, explained. you notice how like UFOs. I refuse to call them UFOs. The UFOs from Donkey's years ago are all a bit embarrassing now. Like it's a fucking package of Tato flittering in the wind. Not. No, no. If you actually study it, what we're getting now is a lot of old codgers from that time who were going, "Fuck this! I'm not keeping quiet before I die." So there's a lot of men who were maybe. 20 in the 1950s or 60s who are now 70 who are saying no this is what I saw These, and the pro- so yes I saw I know but you, this is the problem you can say it's just a, a redneck thing but we're now getting we're now getting uh, buzzed on, on on sonar we're getting guys in, in very advanced uh, fighter pilots yeah who, well it's definitely are, not just a redneck thing but what we're coming down to is Maybe there's some truth to it, but we're coming down to like this need in humanity, this human need to believe that we will find so much evidence that our eyes will deceive us, but that like it, we're we're really looking for the supernatural. That's and we can we can sneer that that's not reserved for a particular class or a particular education level. I Maybe mean, see that you've got religion, you've got 
ideology, political ideology to an extent is, and I know we overquote Orwell, it's always, but like it's gotten completely Orwellian now. It's literally just double think at all times and rewriting things that didn't happen. Yeah. So, I mean, there's throughout society, wherever you land, there is this fucking need to believe horse shit. Yeah, but just let me paint the picture of what where they're at now. So you, you now have a, a journalist called Keane in the, in the New York Times who's writing about this, okay? And it's starting to get some sort of credence because, to, you know, you can, you can only say it's swamp gas so many times. There's some talk of some UFOs arriving in, in nuclear facilities and being able to switch off the nuclear uh, bomb network in, 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 naval, in bomb bases in UK and America. There's all these stories that have happened. And again, you can go... But the, the cognitive dissonance that brushes things under the carpet and says, oh, that didn't happen. And I understand that I'm kind of suggesting that there may be more to this than there is but we aren't focusing on it whereas actually we we should be spending our time working out once and for all if this is true because if this is true this means it could mean that either you know there's a great reason why we haven't been visited by aliens which is that it's really hard to get to us if you think about the voyager spacecraft that have just left the solar system Hmm. they were launched in 1976 so you either need to have advanced technology and the and the people are talking about these things being so advanced in the way that they move and the way that they disappear and appear if they are otherworldly this uh, tech civilization might be 50,000 years advanced from us and we're only 2,000 years since Christ and you know we're only about 20,000 years since we were in the trees right this could be 50,000 years ahead of us. So we could be a little plaything on the outskirts of whatever. We could be a place where you can zip in. Who knows? But the point that's happening with the Occam's Razor is the Chinese, the Russians, and the Americans have now all said, well, there's nothing that we have, nor has anything appeared since the 60s in terms of this technology that allows things to zip and disappear and fly off at 180-degree angles and run at the speed I mean to give you some example the speed they're going at it would take some of these uh, phenomena as they're called uh, you know an hour to circle the earth Hmm. so we have this we have this thing now we don't know what it is it probably isn't aliens okay probably isn't but then what is it yeah and we should be in my view spending a huge amount of our time working out what this is because because if it is aliens we know we're not alone and that would be one of the most important things the two things that would be most important for us to find out, and we'll come to the second one later, is, you know, is there is there life outside of Earth and is there a God? Or is there some higher power? We'll come to that a you bit see, later in the podcast. I disagree on that. Why? I, I don't think it's that important. But, like, it, it, it would be the, it, the pinnacle. But do you think it's important to land on the moon? No. Okay, well then. That, like, I, I, <laughs> don't, I don't know, not really, okay. no. So, not I mean, massively. I mean, to an extent, and I know that we've got a lot from... NASA is important and we've gotten a lot in terms of technology in terms of satellite yeah grand but like yeah. from the from the purest point of view of actually we landed on the moon no I don't yeah. give a shit okay well I mean we could be spending that money on yeah, whatever and, and we could I mean, also be spending our military money on whatever well exactly yeah so from a, obviously the, so obviously there are reasons it matters but from a purest point of view like it's just it's amazing it's breathtaking like if we were to land on Mars and if people could walk on Mars wouldn't that be amazing well I mean to be honest I'm not not really what about if we found out there was an afterlife and a god? So? Okay, so... Uh, no, I just... There, there's this... I think it's the mo- it would be the most amazing achievement, uh, the most amazing look to be alive as a human being at a time when we found out that there were there was really hyper-intelligent life on other planets. 
that was able to visit us because that well, would be just like do you what? think could it be amazing or could it let's go from to a, another point it could be disastrous of course it could but like nobody even just, it just even anyway. just in how people behave would it necessarily be a good thing for the world to learn stuff? First of all, half the world would go, no, it's not true. Anyway, so we'd all yeah. bicker and argue over it. I'm not sure it would be that breathtakingly amazing. So you would, if you found out, you would advocate suppressing it? No, I wouldn't. What I'm saying is, let's say, I mean, I'm being facetious here, but let's just go for simplicity's sake. Let's say we found out there's little green men on Mars, right? Wouldn't it be amazing to be alive at the time we found out there's little green men on Mars? I mean... Why are we assuming that would be particularly amazing? Well, I, I think that the struggle that Homo sapiens has, so us as a species, is a search for meaning. Why are mm. we here? We're the only species that can even think about Mars and little green men. Yeah. Okay? So, but that's driven into us biologically. It's hard, hardwired into us. This need to know, this this yeah. fascination with like, are there little green men? Are there? Mm. What's the meaning of life? Is there a God? Is there not? Mm. Those questions, the things that we will never know and we can't get our head around and it's head wrecking when we try and think about it. Mm. But imagine if those questions were all answered. Yeah. What effect would that have on us psychologically? Because well, who knows? I, I don't. But, 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 I would think but, but, but it would you're, probably you're be a bad like one. You're acting like we're in a great shape at the moment. No, anyway, I don't. No, I'm just. I'm just. Terrible shape. I just the, the idea that it'd be fantastic. I kind of go, mm. Well, a few things. I, one is one is if we manage to survive and not kill ourselves or blow us up ourselves up with nuclear bombs or whatever for millions of years into the future, it's not going to end well for us on the planet anyway. So the sooner mm. we work out ways of getting off the planet the better the chance of survival, not just for humans, but for all the animal species who live here. So we have a kind of a, uh, we have a duty, if you like, to explore space and work out a way of getting off viably off this planet because mm. this planet is crashing into the sun. So, now it's billions of years So, okay, let's, away. Uh, let's say we find, and, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to, like, let's yeah. say we find the little green men on Mars and go, okay, there's life on Mars and it actually could be inhabitable with a few tweaks. We could live there. Yeah. You go, okay, what's that actually look like though in terms of, and I mean in terms of two species. So what yeah. is, it, is it? Is it that they be so manageable that we'll take over? And so basically we go and explore another planet I and we just know. colonize Mars. And, we, and what way do we treat them? Do they become like slaves to Sometimes. us? Do they become like secondary to us or are they stronger than us and what happens to us so the uh, i'm not saying i'm not saying it's not interesting i'm just saying there are massive assumptions because it's so far-fetched that we'd ever mm. even get these answers there are massive assumptions and then from a psychological point of view what happens when somebody's entire life has been built on meaning and then that meaning gets taken away and there's nothing left to strive for they that person psychologically collapses so it could have a massive impact it on could. people in general yeah. i'm just saying it's interesting that nobody ever seems to toy with the negative impacts beyond that the little green men might come and probe us in the arse, like negative impacts to us as people. Well, you know, I think, first of all, we mentioned at the start that we're all extremely stupid anyway. Mm. Okay, So we think we're a lot cleverer than we are, although we are clever enough to get. But the, the, the great unwashed are, you know, shepherded into religions and into a way of acting and into a social mores that are very, very, in my view, uh, unenlightened. You know, when the car is developed... The first motor car, someone's going, well, what happens when there's all motor cars and they're all crashing into each other? What's going to happen <laughs> then? And why can't we stick with horses? Because we like horses and horses are grand. And who needs to get across the road in a plane or drive to, you know, they work themselves out, but they are still, pro- their progress. They're moving us forward. And yeah, if you but think what, about what, the car, what counts as progress? The car, the computer, the engine, the ability to, now we've, we've, we've flown a, a device on Mars for the first time. That's all. All of that is kind of poking towards what Bezos and, 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 and things. This, and it might, it might be innate, in, you know, inside of us from, from 
back in the day that we have to, we know instinctively we need to get off this planet. I agree with you that, we, who knows, we might be subjugated by aliens. We could already be subjugated by aliens. You can also say we shouldn't, America should spend all of the money that it spends on defences, feeding and clothing the world's poor, which it would do, not one human being yeah. accepted, okay? And stop fighting and stop having wars. But the American economy is 20% based yeah. on war, okay? Yeah, exactly. Or armies or their suppliers. And until we fix that, we don't fix anything. We also have climate change coming at us mm. like a, a ton of bricks. So, you know, if, if there's an advanced race that's 50,000 years ahead of us, they might be able to help and things like that. So they might also be evil bastards who come and, send, and kill us all. Who knows? But I don't think that should predicate us from saying there's thousands of these. Many of them are hoaxes, but some of them are from very reputable sources of people who've seen things that are actual physical objects and I think we should spend our time yeah. asking. Okay, but see, I don't think that things are... I think it's very black and white to say that something's a hoax or not. It's like saying is somebody a charlatan or not. I think there's an in-between thing where people are mistaken and where people don't understand what they've seen. Well, like, I, have, if, if, if it's 1952 and you're my wife and you fly a frying pan across the garden and I photograph it with an old Hasselblad camera and yeah. go to the newspaper and say, that's hey, look, we saw... Yeah, that's what I mean. Of course, yeah. That's what I mean by hoax. There's stuff that is deliberately put in place yeah, to course. try and hoodwink people. But then there's all this other weird shit where people who are working in the military are getting buzzed by weird shit or big weird lights are happening and all this kind of stuff. That could be anything. Well, why do be... the aliens never appear to people in advertising? Well, I have my own little... Uh, UFO story. Okay, the plot thickens. Go on. <laughs> well, I didn't. I mean, it's not. I didn't see Little Green Men. I mean, and first of all, there's layers of this. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think if there were Little Green Men, yeah, yeah, they, they could be trying to not get involved. They could be the ones who came down and, and you know told the Incas about pie, whatever. Shithole planet. They could have said shithole planet. They could have said on them. They could be keeping an eye on us, like as if we're little hamsters and go, oh, don't do that. You know, here's a cure. Here's the cure for COVID or whatever. You know. <laughs> They could be they could be guiding us like that. They could be living amongst us. If you want to listen to David Icke and Mother Sophia, who's a guest of our show, we don't know, but we do know that there are these things and a phenomenon happening that you just can't go. What was that? So I, my story was, you know, and I, I'm I'm an absolute skeptic, as you know. Yes, yeah. um, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying I found the light and the UFOs exist. What I'm saying is it's really important in my that we stop laughing at it. Yeah, go and look at it and sort it out. So mine is a bit creepy. I was in Greece in a, I'm going to say about 1993. So I've, I've this, kept this story all my life. I was on Lefkada, uh, which is on the sort of west coast of Greece, beautiful islands. And uh, we went to Fiskardo. And I was out on a boat in one of those places. And I probably, knowing me, had a quick snap, happy flash, one of those little cameras. That the were, uh, instant cameras, instant that, you, cameras yeah. that you just throw the whole throw camera away. in. And I took all these photographs. I remember meeting a guy called Mario Bayer, who was a big German ad guy at the time. I was only 24. And I went and got, for some reason, I got the reel developed in Greece. I, and I wouldn't normally do that, but I suppose you, I didn't want to carry cameras. And I got, the, I got the reel developed. And we were out in a boat, and we were with other people, about eight other people. And one of the shots I took in the top right-hand corner was this metal circular grooved cricket ball kind of shaped thing that was just in the sky and it would just been caught by accident 
And I was going, I said to my partner, so I said, is that, is that from the boat? Is that like a kind of a, a, the top of a, you know, it looked like the top of a, a flagpole or something. Yeah. One of those, I can't remember the name that they have them. And I, I, I was with, there were these two girls, I think they were from Austria and they were kind of weird looking. They were kind of creepy, pretty, but in the kind of a... Austrian way. In an Austrian way, excuse my, my friend, any friends that I have, I don't have from Austria. Um, and I remember showing it to these girls and saying, look, I'm going to, when I go back to Dublin, I'm going to, blow that up because that looks like some sort of alien device or something and it did and everyone was was in agreement and by the time we moved and so we stayed there and we moved to the next part of our uh, journey I couldn't find the photographs which had the film you know tucked in the side so the whole like envelope the whole envelope has gone walkies walkies. and I I would always be checking the drawers of everywhere when I leave and make sure we haven't lost it you know I could have just dropped them I, I mean but like I was so upset because I had this what I thought was going to be this brilliant photograph of and the, re- the only reason I re- <laughs> brought up the Austrian girl was at the time we were going maybe those Austrian girls were aliens and it was their crap joking of course yeah, yeah. so I, I and it's gone and I was so upset about the fact that I never got it home because you know me I would have played with it and blown it up and oh, seen course, what it yeah. was like uh, so it doesn't really classify but I do, look there's also I get abducted I get probed up my anal sphincter by little green men and you know there's there's some very good one from a school in in zimbabwe uh they swear they swear these this alien craft came down and people got out of it who knows i i I don't know but i think that let's just start at the stuff that is actually there it's moving it's it's not a trick of the light it's revolving what is it work out what it is i I mean i know i've been looking at you like you're the greatest fuckwit that's ever walked for the past few minutes because we tend to be very sceptical of people and we're very kind of atheist and your photograph story, yeah, well and good, weak sauce for me, I must say. Yeah, very. However, whilst whilst I do that, I have to admit, on another front of the uh, spiritualist and the dead front, I tend to roll my eyes at that shit as well and I've been around quite a lot of that. However, I do have a couple of very, very strange stories that I still can't... I'm kind of... I think it's bullshit, everyone's a charlatan, however... I have a few instances where I'm like, this is this is too exact. How the fuck could she possibly have known this? How could this possibly have happened? Mm. So I'm looking at you like you're a fuckwit, but I just want to be quite clear there's a pair of us in it. Just the UFO no, thing I, isn't really my bag. I, I'll be putting money down that it is a, a solution that is explainable yeah. through the laws of physics as we know them mm. on this planet. And I would I would put money on it that is probably of this planet. Mm. But what I, what I don't like is the fact that something that is in that realm that is now starting to get serious with people like the military coming and saying, look, there are, there are a lot of things that we can't explain, that we don't go and research them for scientific reasons to show what they were. Because otherwise, you know, you can say, look, we have half, half, half a head. And, and I, I, I get that. Journalists don't want to touch this. This, this girl, Keen, I spoke briefly, but I didn't get into the point there. But there's a woman called Keen who has, has sort of been studying this these phenomena all her life and she's been writing in the New York Times about it. New York Times have put a front page up about UFOs. So it's getting to that point now where people and actually the, the, the impediment was anyone who spoke about it was looked like like they had two heads. It'd be a bit like if my friend who's on the Ivermectin was suddenly proved to be correct and he mm. swears that's gonna happen. Should we test Ivermectin to see if it protects us against COVID? Yes we should, because it's a very cheap, easily accessible drug that every farmer in Ireland has in their stable or or milking parlour. We should be studying stuff like that because surely it only takes 
very little time to work out and put a, a line through it. Yeah, but the problem with what you've just said is if that person was proven to be right, should we then? Well, how have they been proven to right? If we ha- to be right if we haven't then tested? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? No, no. But I'm I'm, I'm saying that the, the the reason he's taking ivermectin is because he's he, he's from a, a part of the world where there isn't an awful lot of uh, uh, medical attention. Mm. So doctors are trying to get by what they can. A doctor tries this. Uh, get success and mind you success in COVID remember 98% of people survive COVID mm. so you can go well, I gave it to my people and no one died well no one really well, died so that's, that's my question but, that's... No, but the point is you can go and study ivermectin and see if the, the, if the active ingredients in that kills or stops COVID and then announce it by a reputable institution again mm. everyone's going to say oh, I'll just speak pharma blah 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 because I guarantee you, people like Fauci, if ivermectin worked, would be do- would be handing it out for free because well, it yeah. costs nothing and getting people to take it. And and people like my friend miss this point. They think that they've cracked it because they've been told this thing works. Yeah. I'm not saying I've cracked or believe that UFOs are a thing, but I think that we're being too dismissive of it until we prove. Because actually, you know, this is a hot, that was a hot air balloon. And you go, no, that wasn't a hot air balloon. You're taking me for a ride by saying that was a hot air balloon. It's clearly not a hot air balloon. Oh, no, they sometimes go like that when they, when they deflate. So, yeah, but I mean, I, I suppose like from a sceptical point of view or from a reasonable point of view, <laughs> the obvious thing then is to say, oh, I don't actually know what that is. Now, look, I bet my house it's not little green men or in this case, sure. I don't know why that bet my house it's not that. Let's be realistic. It could be something like hot air balloon. Maybe it's not that, but there's there's like millions of other things it could be. We don't really fucking know. I mean, loads of things, something that we're not familiar with. Let's be realistic. It's kind of highly unlikely that it's a fairy tale magic thing, but I mean, it's possible. And yet, so many of us wake up in the morning and pray to a God that we believe exists for a miracle that we believe is going to fix whatever problem we're praying about. And we have no problem. No one laughs at those people. Yes, we do. Loads no of one do. does. Loads of people sorry, do. Sorry, loads of people do. But that's the majority of us. Yeah, yeah. That's the majority. That's over three billion of us believe in a religion fervently. Well, that okay? circles back to my point earlier on that we have this thing where certain groups of us sneer at the other group and you're going, this is like literally widespread sure. throughout humanity. Sure. Whatever way you want to dress it up, yeah. whether it's conspiracy theories or whether it's religion but, but, or whether it's ideology, like most of the world is kind of involved in very stories. Come to, we come to the religion bit in a minute. But we have here video evidence of stuff that's happening from reputable sources, fighter pilots, etc., who have no skin in the game. Now, there is also, by the way, the entertainment factor. Mm. When you watch Skinwater Ranch, it seemed, it, it looks like it was made by the people who make uh, The Bachelorette. But, I mean, you know, the, the, the issue is, if you take the ivermectin and the UFO thing, it's a great little symbiosis between those two because you go, we should be studying this thing much more if it's a thing. And if it's not a thing, then let's say it's not a thing. But don't let's say it's a thing that it clearly isn't to eyewitnesses. If there is some alien contact going on with us, um, and you know, you've got to remember there's things like SETI, which is a, a very, very well-funded astronomical uh, system, you know, where we're scanning the skies hmm. for radio waves of contact with something, and that hasn't really thrown up anything of, of note. And you would imagine if there were thousands of visitations from alien yeah. ships that they would pick up something. So I, I'm not saying it is Little Green Men, but I'm saying that there's some phenomenon going on out there. There could be, but whatever it is, it, understanding it will be interesting. 
Does well, he? what's happened that's so important that kind of seems urgent? The American government have announced that there is an awful lot of shit out there that they can't explain. They've so, also said it's nothing to do with them in terms of their R&D. Russia and China have announced it's nothing to do with us either. They have similar amounts of these little buzz things on video, caught by pilots, caught by people like that. So, in other words, it's not just a, a hick in the cornfield saying they took yeah, their mother and probed But I'm, I'm not seeing where there's something urgent and worrisome. Well, something urgent and worrisome would be uh, climate change, and we're not really doing much about yeah, that I, either. Okay? I agree so with you on that. But I, I think that there's something interesting. Oh, yeah. It's not, I'm not saying there's no interest to be had there. It's just, it's where do we go from, because like, I know you're not going from the little green men are coming from us point of view, so don't want to be facetious about that. But there's somewhere in between little green men are coming and fuck it, who cares? There's the in-between thing of, well, we don't know. We really need to look into this. There still seems to be this kind of undertone of fear of like, oh, the truth is out there, Scully and Mulder. And I'm kind of going, well, actually... Calm down. Like when you use language like there's clear evidence and we're not looking into it, I kind of go, mm, evidence of what? Like, well, like there's a video of a, a tic tac that's been caught by a, a American fighter pilot, mm-hmm. who, and these what these things do is if you catch your thing, it locks onto it and follows it, and it's moving at thirteen thousand miles an hour across the sea, and the, all the lads in the plane and on ground go, what the fuck is that? And there's there's other examples of ones that are spinning. Pilots have seen them, and we are ignoring them. I mean, they are also a threat to civil aviation. They're a threat to mm. whatever. So we're, 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 I think, going back to the start of the podcast, we're terrified of finding out that we're that we're we're, we're not alone, and, and and or we're terrified of going down this down this road to establish. A lot of people are afraid once and for all because the the, the ufology brigade, if you want to call them that, are desperately certain that there's going to be a big announcement by the American government. That's their big revelation. That's like Jesus returning, okay? I'm, I don't think that there's little green men involved, but I think that there are things that we should, in the same way that we should look at anything that's kind yeah. of interesting that we have. And when I say it's not sinister, we have actual evidence. There's actual... The reason it's come back on the plate this year is that the Americans last year released three videos of military in- yeah. encounters there's a connotation to the word evidence which suggests that there's a narrative already there to be proven. So we haven't got evidence. We've got stuff that we've come across that we don't understand. Grand, let's study it. No problem. Well, here's maybe I'll put that right. There's an awful lot of people who are claiming to have seen these things, which makes it hearsay. Then there are people who photographed them, but it's always a bit blurry, a bit like Bigfoot. And what I mean by evidence is now people who have who are respectable in their professions, pilots and mm. people who are experienced in aerodynamics and physics have now filmed these things in a way that they're saying, this is a thing of substance, it's not a light flare, it's not a bin lid. Okay, what I'm thing. saying is that there's. I'm not necessarily arguing that this thing exists, this phenomenon exists. Mm. I'm just saying we don't know what it is, we have no yeah. idea what it is. But when we start using words like evidence, it's almost like it's proving... So it's to me, evidence. evidence is the video that has been taken... That, that is unequivocally something going across and, and being engaged with for a period of 20 minutes. It, there's a difference between evidence and proof, okay? So evidence... Yeah, but that's not what I'm getting at. My argument is not that people haven't seen something or that some sort of phenomenon is, it, it exists. My point is, well, should we have no idea what that could be? Yeah. And it's the kind of jumping to UFO-like alien territory that I'm kind of like... The fact that we've proven that people are in fact witnessing something or that they are coming across something that we don't understand, the Occam's razor is, 
is it that there's evidence of something weird there or is it just evidence of yet another thing that we don't understand and we just think we know it all? But the word evidence attaches connotation that that something of curiosity necessarily means something bigger. Anyway, I think that your argument is is a, is a good is a, is a good counterpoint to mine because I think the world do, behaves like what you suggest. Oh, we don't need to go into that. It's yeah, but it's not about not going now. into it. It's about it's about the connotation, the use of language, and the automatic attachment of a narrative or a sense of cover up or something sinister. It's the uh, automatic kind of attachment that goes along with it, rather than going. Yes, there's no cover up like that. that that's the Occam's razor point. The, the American army have finally come out and said there is no cover-up and they're releasing documents and whatever, as are the Russians, the French and the British. So the world is now going, Here's, here are our doors open in the main, but a lot of it is still uh, confidential. Mm. Here's, our, here's what we know about UFOs and they've shared with Russia and blah, blah, blah. And all these countries are experiencing similar things with their fighter pilots and blah, blah, blah. So it probably is something, as I said, corporal. It is probably something of this world. Yeah. But it might not be. And if it isn't, it's preposterous and ridiculous. But if it isn't, we need to find out about it. Yeah, and there's always a chance that it might be something. I know that there's always a chance that I suppose my issue is when I'm hearing the word evidence. It was like it's like there is a there is an intonation that it's evidence that there's something non-corporal. Which I'm going, no, 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 no. There's no evidence of that. There is. There's no evidence that it's that something otherworldly. There is. What's the evidence that it's something otherworldly? There's no human engineering that can make these things. That's why we used to think it might be some new technology that is being developed. But so, because it's something we don't understand, that means it's evidence. No, of because it's a, because it's something that can't elsewhere. move through the physics that we understand. It can't. It can't go from there 180 degrees in the opposite. It can't go sideways 180 degrees. Mm. It can't go whatever. I'm I'm not defending this, but I am saying the people of the world don't want to know about this in case it might be true. That's my point. And are prepared to I then disagree. overlook. Well, no, because I guarantee you, if you spent a week studying all these things and looking at the videos, you would not necessarily believe in little green men, but you would say, okay, people who are intellectually more advanced than you and me have come out and said, one, this is a thing that seems to work off some new sense of mm. dynamics or, or technology that is not available on this earth anywhere. Uh, a machine on this earth can move at something like 3,000 miles an hour maximum. These things are going at 25,000 miles an hour. How does that happen? Now, it could be something shooting out from the sea. Who knows? I yeah. don't know. But but the uh, the point is that we have found something that behaves, and filmed something that behaves... That's beyond our understanding. ...aerodynamically, impossibly, on what is created on this earth. Now, if it is created on this earth, then we there's something new to discover on this earth because mm. that moves like that or if it's from somewhere else we'd like to know why please there's evidence of devices whatever they are phenomenon is the word they're using that are unlike anything else on this earth moving at, and and steering for want of a bad word mm. in ways that nothing that we've ever made can do not even the stealth yeah and at speeds and at whatever now they're, they're also saying it's very hot, unlikely that anything could sit in these things because the G-force would annihilate them. So they could be just drones or something, or they could be, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. And they, you know, they very rare. We haven't captured any yet. We haven't found any crashed ones, I don't think, yet. But it is something that I think deserves more engagement from our sciences than it's currently getting. 
and I think needs to be treated a bit more seriously, given the mm. pictures that we're seeing, the new pictures that we're seeing, which is not a, a dustbin lid. Yeah, I suppose what I'm coming from is if you if you think that these things need to be looked into more, move away from the, the linguistics that sound like all of that horse shit. Yeah. So if we move away from UFOs to religion, which we talked about earlier, where we have 3 billion people or 4 billion people on the planet who actively believe in gods, to the point in some cases we mentioned of killing themselves for some greater glory or mm. an afterlife. Um, I, about... Uh, when I was a young fellow, I was working on a book called Jesus Wept, and I got involved in studying the Marian apparitions. Right. Okay? The Marian apparitions are basically when it's it's a Catholic thing. The Blessed Virgin Mary and also Islam. Mary is a big figure in Islam as well. Comes down to mainly peasant, mainly girls, mainly shepherds, poor areas, mountainous areas, Europe mainly, uh, religious Catholic Well, Mary countries. appears, Marian apparition. Mary appears and speaks to these girls who go into a trance, gives them messages that are a little bit vague. I always wish you'd give who's going to win the 315 at Doncaster. That'd be much more helpful, Mary. But uh, And it's been going on for thousands of years. Now, You've done some research into this. I have, because I'm sure you've mentioned actually before on the podcast your interest in Garabandal. And I'll let you talk about that because it's a real special interest for you. So I was like, right, okay, we're talking about Marian apparitions. Sure, I'll have a look through them because I grew up in Holy Catholic Ireland, as did you. Different time frame, but, you know, I had plenty of God bothers in my family. Like, we had Knock. We used to stop off at Knock. Knock is in Mayo in Ireland. You know, it was kind of, it's not Lourdes, it's like a baby Lourdes, it's not great. But sure, we have it, and it was on the way to my grandparents' house. So Knock Knock was late 1800s, a church gable end, very rainy night, suddenly as if projected there by a projector, which didn't exist then. A bunch of saints and Jesus and Joseph appears and stays there for a couple of hours. People run back to get other people. Witnesses are about 70 people. Again, poorish people. Yeah, there's people aged, like, I think it was age 5 to age 75. Yeah. So it was all, eight, like, it was, yeah, that's kind of the long and the short of it, right? So, didn't I mean, speak, didn't give any messages, disappeared. Like, and ever since then, it's been a holy shrine. We had the thing of, like, she'd go to knock before you sit your leaving search and all that kind of shite. Yeah. Not so much in my time, and I didn't do the leaving search. But, like, that's where we're coming from. Yeah. We'd half believe, go and get your holy water from knock. But then I had, like, the god bothers in my family that would go to Mijigori. And that's in Bosnia-Herzegovina. And that's more interesting because that was in 1981. And so it's, like, six local people. They're all, like, aged 10 to 16. They saw the Virgin Mary. And so the first one who saw the Virgin Mary had recently lost her own mother. And so they went to climb up this hill and... They said that they were climbed up to smoke and they later changed the story to, to pick flowers. And that's one of the things that's been picked out of their story is, oh yeah, they changed the story. And I'm going, well, they're teenagers. And we weren't good up to smoke, we are good up to pick mm. flowers. So that, like, so that was 1981. So they're all about your age now. They're, that, yeah. This isn't like the 1800s. This isn't way back. So the, like 14,000 Irish people go to Mitchell every year. So it's a fucking big thing. But it was only in 2019 that Pope Francis made it officially okay. Now, when you get Marian apparitions, because this is what it took me a while to get my head around, it's not as simple as whether the church kind of says, yeah, grand, they're the real deal or they're not. Mm. Like nothing has been the real deal for decades upon decades. They've got ones that they cancel out and say absolutely not. They've got ones that they can n- neither confirm nor deny. Between 28 and 83, which was when the Medjugorje stuff was kicking off, it was not 20, 250 claims of apparitions and 
none of them had been substantiated. So what happened with Medjugorje, which is like one of the hugest ones, so it makes a lot of money. But in 2019, Pope Francis kind of said, well, in terms of doctrine, we're not actually saying it happened, but, you know, it has been quite beneficial and fruitful because some people go there, find God, find faith. So we're willing to allow it to be an official thing where parishes can go officially around the same time they upgraded knock from a national side to an international side so it's almost like pope francis has done this kind of false Ireland thing for the vatican going we're going to well, make it you have lourdes as well which is probably the most famous of them all which is in france and fatima which is another one which i think is in portugal maybe france spain but basically what happens is mary appears the the one in bosnia would have happened when bosnia was still part of yugoslavia there's a woman still there who... There's six of them. Yeah, there's a woman still there who still receives... No, there's one that doesn't. The rest of them still do. So okay. the official thing is that the six kids, okay, all kind of teenagers... Some of them have moved overseas. There's, 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 there's one famous blonde lady who goes and there's thousands of people around her. It's on YouTube if you want to Google it. And she falls into a trance and she looks up and you can't uh, make her blink or anything. And she receives these messages and the messages are all... To be prob- my problem with these is they're all very kind of vague. They're all, they, although, you know, they did say pray for the priests because they're falling into perdition and the, the, she did seem to suggest it was going to be a war in Yugoslavia, which there was. Basically, you've got the six teenagers that saw this. And so of the six, you've got three who still claim to have daily apparitions. Our Lady appears to them at the same time in the afternoon, no matter where they are. Then you have one that claims to have visions on the second day of each month. And then you've got two who she appears to once a year. Now, one of those says that Our Lady appears on her birthday, but of those, they had been getting her every day. So you can see in terms of like, why does nobody break rank? I'm watching this kind of going, well, <laughs> as you're going along, it's breaking rank a little bit. Like when one person has started saying, well, I'm getting her once a month now, she says, I, I-, I looked into this and you have like Croatian news <laughs> saying, uh, Our Lady has announced that she's not going to be coming as often anymore. Well, why not? And so the, Ivanka, who was the first to see Our Lady, had just lost her mother. So she's crying and saying, I miss Our Lady and why won't you come to me? Because I don't need to anymore. I've said what I need to say. But you're kind of watching them. It's almost like they're kind of threading the needle through this bullshit (laughs) because time's marching on and, you know, can't really get around to doing it every day. So like now one of them at the time was in boarding school, I think, and that was in Sarajevo. So that's where it was necessary for it to be that the Virgin Mary doesn't appear in a particular place. It appears wherever I am. So you kind of see that the story does move in such a way that it supports what is necessary. But so like there's been investigations into it and one journalist that looked into it, he did criticise the changing story about the smoking rather than the picking flowers, which isn't a huge thing. But then he also said, his name is Joe Nickel, and he also quoted embarrassingly illiterate nature of the messages which I found interesting because basically that seems polite for, you know, their uneducated little fuckwits and what they said, sure, Our Lady couldn't have spoken like that. And I'm going, well, Our Lady was a teen mother. So this assumption that, I, so it got me thinking a really funny thing. This assumption that we have of like Our Lady appearing like Sinead O'Connor in The Butcher Boy and being well-spoken and glorious, when in fact we assume she had Jesus at about age 13. Mm. Like, there's a strong tradition of a strong devotion to Our Lady amongst Irish women. And I'm kind of going, what what, what if Our Lady was an absolute fucking howie? Like, she probably wasn't literate. It'd be highly irregular if she yeah. could read and write. And then I get these pictures of her at the foot of the cross, because according to John, I don't know what fucking chapter, when Our Lord is on the cross, he says to the disciple John to look after his mother. 
It's no, he says, John, I can see your house from here. <laughs> yeah, but he says to look after his mother. And the argument that some people believe is that Mary then went to live with John after Jesus died because Jesus had brothers who didn't believe. Like, it's a little bit like someone getting taken into the joy saying, look after me, ma, because me brothers are nothing but trouble. <laughs> so I'm just watching I mean, this. Jesus, your dinner's ready. Yeah, and all I can all, all I can think of is like growing up and everyone's kind of honouring Our Lady with the altar in our classroom for May. And all I can think of is, Hail Queen of Heaven, the oceans, all this kind of shit. And now I've got this picture of this smoking young one who's like, my son did nothing wrong my son and like why isn't it Maniac 2000 that we're playing in honour of Our Lady she's immaculate immaculate that was an inside joke that Sean didn't quite get because I had to explain what Maniac 2000 was but the idea that the only holes that the investigators could pick in this story was that Our Lady wasn't posh enough for them well you know I presume Our Lady back in when she was alive and the corporal didn't speak Bosnian either so or <laughs> but so you know you have just to get back into the sort of track of this you have um, hundreds and not thousands of apparitions where mainly Catholics claim to have seen mainly young children okay so if you look at the the, the, the the big ones, which would include Lourdes, Fatima and Garabandal, mm. which I'll come to, they all follow a fairly similar pattern. And when I was working on that book, I was saying, well, if you were, if, you, if there was such a thing as Mary and she was able to come down and she was able to warn us of, of the fact that we're getting out of control. Yeah. And she said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to appear on A Pint with Tony B. Or I'm going to appear on which, and I did have the Virgin. I did have a woman on here who did claim Stranger to be the Virgin things Mary, happened. right? Maybe she is the Virgin Mary. I mean, she certainly had convinced herself she was. This is Mother Sophia Hyatt. If you want to go back, Gaia Mother Sophia episode. Or she appears on Anderson Cooper, a very sympathetic kind of guy who's a good journalist who would put her on CNN, and she'd have the, you know, she'd be there in her robes and go, "Yeah, I'm Mary." We'd all laugh at her the same way we laugh at the people who fucking mm. are doing this the thing, but. My my big problem with this, and I'm you, you. Those listening to the podcast know I'm an atheist, so I have no fucking belief in religion at all. But I'm also interested in why this. Oh, sorry, so, so just to explain the story of Garabandal, which is is one worth maybe focusing in on. When I was in Bosnia, and I have a I have a uh, godchild who lives in Sarajevo, I was driving by taxi from Sarajevo to the. Dalmatian coast of Croatia and as I was driving past and I had done all these works so I, ha- I have looked into Sarah, into um, Medjugorje yeah. and Fatima and Doris. I was driving along and there was a, an arrow that said Medjugorje six miles and I said I, I was I was tempted to go to the cab driver can you just drive up here and let me see it and I regretted not doing that and you're right Medjugorje now has thousands of pilgrims who go there um, Garabandal is this place in near Santander in, in the north Spain on the Bay of Biscay uh, and it's up the mountains and it's this tiny little village and in 1961 and again for all the people who are really into the and there are a lot of uh, interesting Garabandal websites and there's a Facebook page run by a guy called Glenn Hudson which is worth having a look at if you're interested so I may have the facts slightly wrong 1961 I think six girls again up a little hill outside the village and suddenly the archangel appears and says to come back in a few days and Mary's going to appear and she did and she appeared thousands of times over four years Hmm. Uh, the girls would wake up in the middle of the night in a trance they go running up this rock strewn hill Hmm. to a place called the Pines they would, they'd be given a handful of rosary beads to be kissed by the apparition. They'd hold them up, they'd be kissed, they'd give them back. They'd, they'd start pricking the girls, they wouldn't notice, they wouldn't be able to lift them up. 
weird shit, okay, all over the place. Some will, uh, in one instance, a, a communion host appears out of nowhere in one of their mouths. So this thing starts taking off in, in the early 60s. And here's what's interesting about it. In a lot of the other ones, and again, I don't know the secrets of Fatima, but there were secrets given about Fatima and Lourdes about world wars and stuff like this. There are three, there's a, a very distinct brief given hmm. to Conchita, who was one of the girls, who's now living in New Jersey in America. And she's been told back then uh, not to reveal the date until eight days beforehand. And she's going to announce eight days before a huge event is going to happen at Garabanda that will prove once and for all that God exists and will be there forever and will be filmable. Mm. Time is getting on, okay? So she's getting old and she's overseas. And there's this huge... Now, so that's I, what makes this one interesting because it's still a live wire. They're still waiting on something. And it's specific, right? It's going to be... that They talk about the chastisement and the warning. The warning is going to be everyone's going to be alone with their thoughts. Okay, so a lot of people are saying, oh, that's COVID. And then Lockdown, yeah. there's going to be a uh, you, you, uh, a moment, and again, I may be slightly sketchy on some of these, but go research if you want the full accurate story. Uh, you, you're, you're going to be alone with your thoughts. Then she's going to announce uh, that in eight days' time, this event is going to happen in Garabandal. Hmm. And there's something like two million pilgrims have already booked with travel agents to fly there. And, then, and now I was in Santander with two of my friends, Connor and Ushin, and I was like, that's just down the road. I have to go. So they kindly came with me because the taxi fare was like a hundred quid. So we went there and it was like very, very creepy. First of all, I thought it was going to be, because one of the things that you level at these things is that they're just trying to do it for tourism purposes. So that mm. you get lots of tourists, bit like knock. It wasn't that touristy. It was very run down, very old slightly creepy I was in the church I walked up this hill which the girls would just be skipping up and it is quite steep and it is quite rock strewn to this place called the pines which was six or eight pine trees with a little um, kind of plinth with glass plinth with our Virgin Mary in it and looking down over a huge valley very peaceful very serene looked at by locals with kind of creepiness none of us felt uh, yeah. everyone, everyone else felt on edge uh, didn't see anything Virgin Mary didn't appear or anything but it wasn't like a razzmatazz sort of here by the key yeah, yeah, by yeah. the necklace uh, it was almost it, uh, the word I used it was almost demonic rather than necessarily a good thing back to one of your points about aliens now what's more, more interesting is it's been kind of sanctioned by Padre Pio, who's a very famous monk who had the stigmata of Christ in his hands and feet who died in the early 1960s. Mother Teresa believes in it. Pope Benedict believes in it. The popes, I think, are au fait with what's happening and when. It's going to happen in April. It's going to happen on an odd year. Uh, it's going to happen on a saint's day. It's not going to happen at Easter. So there are lots of mathematicians trying to mm. work out what data it's going to be. So you know what this reminds me of now, and it's, I, I thought of it earlier on, but I said, hang on. Do you remember after the Twin Towers particularly, everyone was talking about Nostradamus? The end of the world, the Mayan calendar was going to be 2012. And before that fire happened, a, fire, a, a bird was supposed to, yeah. yeah. And then the first, first black pope. Mm-hmm. So then when Barack Obama was elected, the, mm-hmm. and the, bear in mind this is before the Mayan calendar date comes up, and everyone's kind of going, okay, but at the time, the most powerful man in the world was the Pope, whereas now it would be the American president. So the black Pope, that's what it is. P- that people then changed was actually the Mayan calendar, that the dates have been changed wrong, so it shouldn't be 2012. So yeah. there was a kind of an end date on it. And then yeah. people went, well, the first black Pope should be Donald Trump because he's the first evil one. So like you could see people changing the details when we ran shit out of time. Yeah. 
So I'm curious, is this going to be so, how this goes? So, yes, if you go onto the Facebook website, you, you will see the, the guy who runs it has put lots of great uh, resources there, videos, interviews with the girls. I mean, and, and actually a slightly fascist bunch of people following it in terms of just crazy kind of yeah. Americana. And, 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 you know, you look at the people's comments and you just go like, this is who Mary's appealing to. You, you're so special. Your really horrible attitudes towards a lot of things are down in your Facebook feed. Mm. But that, that that may be. But you, you you end up yes with this interesting scenario where Conchita is getting old, and she has to do it in her lifetime. Now, of course, if she suddenly dies, and probably go, oh well, there was a little yeah. word somewhere that said. So if she has a grandchild called Conchita. No, yeah, that, exactly. There was a, we'll find a way of, yeah. There was one thing that was said that something's going to happen that's going to make everyone not believe it, right? And there was a blind guy from New Jersey called Joey. Joey. And he was, Joey. He was blind. And, it's and they, a step. And they said, they said, and he, he was over there, you know, he visited Padre Pio and he went, I think he went to, to uh, Garabandal and the girl said, oh yeah, she said that Joey will... Now bear in mind, she appeared thousands of times over three years. This wasn't just a one-off thing. Mm. This was like she was... These girls were vested and none of them have broken rank. And the Joey died. But he was... They had said that he's going to get to see this end of days sort of situation. And it's not an end of days. It's a kind of a... It's basically God saying, you don't believe me? Okay, how about this? And if you don't believe this, well, you're going to hell. And if you do believe this, will change your way. So to your point about what would happen to society, but maybe we nothing yeah. would happen. I don't know. The issue isn't that because they haven't broken rank means that they don't believe they're lying. Now, and maybe it's entirely true, yeah. but a lie is when you know you're telling something untrue. Whereas if they're actually roped into this, and if you look at the point you made, which is that it's, it's often kind of teenage girls, preteen girls, which are, we've seen throughout humanity, the most suggestible there is a social contagion. I mean, even linguistics are changed the most. Mm-hmm. The English language changed the most between teenage girls have brought on the most because there is the social contagion that happens there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can remember being probably about 13 and having the, at some sleepover and just for the fucking crack, pretending I was a medium. And the amount of people, they all just fucking went along with it. And all you yeah. say was like, it's breathtaking what yeah. girls go along with. And they're not actually lying. So just to your, the, the teenage girl thing, these are shepherd girls living in the sixties. Okay, yeah. they're 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 not they're they're going. But out. This isn't a new phenomenon. This is no, for okay. thousands of years. Okay, okay. So so most of this stuff happened to people with no access to phones, barely access to television. You know. Yeah. So you know, bare bare, bare access to light and and poorly educated. Hmm. To, to your man's point, but so what? So my point about whether she'd go on on Anderson Cooper is you you might actually if you were very strategic, the best person to talk to is children. Because they believe me, and and they and they, I won't be ridiculed or crucified in the case mm. of my son. <laughs> but I'm, I'm in this situation with Garabanda, where you actually have the only concrete thing. I mean, I, I've I've been at you know I, I get invited sometimes to to be the atheist in the room with a bunch of rabid Catholics, you know, and mm. I'd be sitting down trying to debate with them, and they'd be trying to convert me, and I say, well, you've got no evidence. And one guy said to me. We've got no evidence, to your point about evidence. Jesus raised himself from the third day. The tomb was empty. And I'm going, mate, I can't get down on my knees and debate whether there's a God with you on that basis, on that <laughs> evidence alone. So maybe you're right about use the word evidence. Here they have something that's actually concrete, that very senior religious figures believe in. And most of my Catholic friends don't even know it exists. And most of them don't want to know. And yes. most of them, most of them, would be probably terrified if it happened. 
Yeah, but also the be egg on your face. We don't actually want this. That's, please stop taking our toy away. Whereas in your case, you're going, yeah, okay, I'm an atheist. I don't believe it. But I'm fascinated. And the likelihood is she's going to die before you do. Yeah. So you're going, in my lifetime, I'm going to get a definitive yes or no. On God. Yeah. Now, now the, 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 you've no idea that back to our earlier conversation, but you're so what? The idea that you happen to be alive when it was proven once and for all that God exists. I mean, one of my Catholic friends went, and if, the, if it did happen, and it was like she said, would you then believe in God? I went, yeah, damn fucking straight I would, right? Maybe God is Well, what she evil. said was that it'd be unde- undebatable, yeah. undeniable, categorical. categorical. Yeah. You couldn't un- you deny it. So Blaine. would I believe it? Well, yeah, because the point is, if it happens, as she said, which is impossible not to believe, then yeah. yes, I would yeah. believe it. The reason that they're it's doing it... It's not a conscious it, choice. The reason they're doing it is to make it categorically. Yeah. So there's no David Blaine and David It's not would I be willing to go... The, no, I'm not willing to offer any charity and go along with it. The mm. point is that this would be that I don't need to. It's shown to me. So this should be the only game in town in Catholicism, but mm. it's not. And that's what's interesting to me. Like there should be every mass, they should be praying for the day the Conchita announces because they're not doing that. And you know why they're not doing that? Because yeah. religion is bullshit. Okay? Yeah, of course. And something bad is, is not Well, no, in fairness, right, put, put ourselves in it because it's easy to kind of go, well, of course, don't go along with it because there's a chance of losing. So let's say John is a very strong Catholic, it, it means the world to him. And you're saying, well, if he really believes that, why isn't he attached right onto this because he's going to get a definitive yes or no? So if Conchita dies and we find out, right, this is all bollocks, it didn't come to fruition, then John has to have a hard look at himself and it might take his toy away. And I'm going, well, not not, not necessarily because there's also the option that John's religion is true and right, but Conchita was full of shit. The point I'm saying is that you have very senior figures in Catholicism, some of whom are saints. John Paul II, Padre Pio, you see Padre Pio on every cottage wall in Ireland. Mm. All of these people for John, who he worships as real, the stigmata of Padre Pio, all real. And these guys are saying this is about to happen. So the, the, the hierarchy of the church and the people who are special in the church are saying this is real. Yeah, well, it still allows, well, the church still hasn't given it the nod, although people of importance mm. have. Officially, the church did not, has not said yes, it's true. But I can see what you're saying, that either way, it's a wobbly day for John's faith if he's a great devotion to Padre Pio. Well, I mean, how many chances do you need then? You know, John, you have... And this is why it's probably swept under the carpet, because it's the church painting itself into a corner mm. and bet putting all their eggs in one well, basket. Putting all your eggs yeah. into Conchita's basket. And then it's like, be. Ooh. Yeah. And then people... But, like, people should be doing that anyway, because there's been no... And it's not just Catholicism, it's all religions, you know. Mm. it's it's So, to you know, one of the interesting questions you raised earlier was what would happen if this did happen? You know, if it, you, you raise a reference to maybe mm. aliens. But imagine if God appeared. Yeah. I'd love if that happened because just it'd be the maddest thing ever, Ted, right? It would be alive yeah. at that time. But then it brings us back to the atheist point that we've often gone through and it was brought up by Gayburn and the meaning of life and Stephen yeah. Price said, well, I'd have something to say to him. If it turns out, if you meet St. Peter at the pearly gates and you go in to meet God, um, what would you say then? It turns out you were wrong and he'd say, well, I... You know, I'd have no time for him. I wouldn't be worshipping me. What kind of mean-minded, capricious God thinks it? Like childhood cancer? Awful. Mm-hmm. So to that point, if this did happen and Jesus right and the whole world goes, wow, okay, like we're going to need a week to get over this. So what does this fucking mean? At a certain point, there's going to be a load of us going, well, he, God isn't good. Fuck him. <laughs> like the, yeah. So so it's like, you can imagine World War Three breaking out. Maybe. Or, you know, and here's the point. If God is going to do this and take the time to do this, I would just say to him, if he's listening to Pilate Shawnee B or she, if Mary's listening, if you do come down and do this, 
don't be ambiguous. Let us fucking know exactly what we have to do. Let us know which religion, if any, or all are okay. And let us be, make it a event that puts us back on track and doesn't just send us off, as the Don suggests, clubbing each other again over, which is more likely to happen, mm. I agree with you. So anyway, the prediction, the latest prediction is sometime in April 2022. Not, uh, uh, yes, 2022, I think. You said it had to be an odd year, so it must be 23. Oh, maybe 23, yeah. Anyway, it, it's an absolute uh, joyous uh, rabbit hole to go down. There's a new book out called Only God, a new movie out called Only God Knows, uh, which I watched a little bit of and lost interest in. But we end up in this situation with, with these two topics where, in my view, we are showing our kind of lack of spoons as a sort of a, uh, as a species. On the one hand, I think religion should be either leaning into this and dealing with the consequences if it doesn't happen, mm. not being afraid to because we're, we're getting divine intervention. The entire Catholic faith is about divine intervention happening every Mass. Yeah. Transubstantiation. I mean, and you have to believe that it's not a symbol, that it's the real thing. Then, for God's sake, so to speak, believe in this and promote it. When we go from the UFO thing and we go from the Marian apparition thing, what we're still toying with all the way through this is, and even the ivermectin thing, we're toying with what is it within people? If if if, if it's not supernatural and something magic happening, what is it within people that makes what what is it within our psyche? Because I don't think everybody is a charlatan that's making it up. So so what yeah. is that thing? And if you look at that there is this huge thing, as you mentioned, of the preteen girls, teenage girls, and there's a social contagion there that's just, it's shown throughout time. Mm. But where that is interestingly different is we had the summer of moving statues in Ireland in yeah, 1985, which you will remember, I wasn't born. And basically in Ballinasbidla, County Cork in 1985, somebody saw Our Lady moving. <laughs> this is a grotto of Our Lady and you know, somebody saw Our Lady moving before long loads of people saw it. So people arrived by foot, by car, and at a quote from the bishop on special bus, which I giggled at. And there was a hundred thousand that visited. Yeah, so soon after the Ballinaspital thing, <laughs> Our Lady was seen to move in Gary Owen, in County Clare, in Arklow, Avoca. So then it ended up being 31 locations. So this is all over. And we've got like CNN, we've got New York Post, like international yeah. people coming over. And I've actually a clip from this. Like It has to be heard to be believed. Okay, let's have a listen. Between 11.15 and 11.30 last Sunday fortnight, uh, I saw s- several movements, uh, a head movement uh, from left to right several times. I saw the entire statue moving down to the left. I then saw it moving to the right. I saw an ascension movement and uh, it was very erratic. And very what do you erratic. believe is the explanation? Um, it's, certainly, it's, some, uh, it's certainly divine intervention. Um, it's a miracle, undoubtedly. Uh, I also saw uh, apparitions um, the following Tuesday night. I saw the face of our Lord, and I saw the face of a very old man, whom I now know to be Padre Pio, and I saw the Sacred Heart moving from the breast skywards, back down again slowly to the breast, and back upwards again. That was on the Tuesday night. I also saw the statue moving on the following Tuesday night. How do you regard the church's attitude then when they say you should treat these things with caution and prudence? Well, to me, that would be quite normal because um, um, looking at Fatima and Lourdes and all that, it, it obviously uh, it would take Rome quite a long time before they would acknowledge something like this. But uh, 
approximately 80% of the people here saw uh, most of those movements or apparitions, and certainly they all cannot be wrong. Well, I suppose if you have a few glasses of whiskey now and you look at a statue for long enough, it'll move for you. Yeah. So my point is, uh, there were like if you if you Google it and you look up moving statues Ireland, you, it'll throw up a load of YouTube suggestions, little clips yeah. and snippets. And there are people of all ages. Your man that was speaking there looks to be in his late fifties. Yeah. Um. So this isn't a teenage girl phenomenon, which is different. But then if you look at the time, obviously Ireland was seriously Catholic. But what's going on in nineteen eighty five? Well, we've had. First of all, you've got Medjugorje has been happening in recent years. So it's kind of there and people are very religious. But then we had some horrific shit going on in terms of uh, the Kerry Babies case. Like teenage girls found dead, having bled out, given birth beside a grotto. Mm. So like this kind of shit had happened consistently within a year or two of this. So I find it interesting if you look at what's happening in the psyche that this is what we need to have happen in a grotto. Well, I've... <laughs> I visited it about <laughs> well, yeah. Look at me, Mr. Marion Apparition. It's, it's, it's just outside Kinsale, and it's a, the, the, the statue is set about 50 metres up a yeah, mountain, yeah. With, you know, so it's, it's quite a way away from you. And yeah, we had, I mean, I was alive then. Yeah. We had, we had all these statues moving. But like and, it was 31 of them, right? And like at the time, the bishop, like the, the funny quote of, there's a danger of turning Mary into a marionette. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was born in 89. So when I was a little kid, I'm growing up with this in the background. And it's kind of, there's a bit of skepticism there, but it wasn't ridiculous. It was kind of, and I suppose when you think of it like transubstantiation, if you can get on board with that, I'm not yeah. sure how much, how hard it is to go for. Well, if you can get on board with that, I don't know why you can't get on board with this. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, like it wasn't, and it depends on who you're around, but certainly like where I, when I was around, there was skepticism, but it wasn't ridiculous. Well, there were three girls who first saw it. And, and, the, and one uh, of the there, girls, there weren't, there weren't, no, there, there weren't young. They, they, well, they they were, and and they were in their teens, and there was a, bo- a a brother, and I saw a documentary on it recently, and the women are now my age, and they were in a hotel then, they were talking to each other, and they completely say it happened. Oh yeah, they completely say, and they think, oh, no one believes. But you see, loads of people, even one of the journalists that went down to investigate it, then yeah. spoke to one of them, and then she said she started to see it, and like what happened, they got UCC, this University College Cork, took into it, and what they basically said is like, look. When you stare at something for a really long yeah. time, that's what happens. It fucks your eyes up if you don't blink. Yeah. So people were genuinely seeing it and thinking that it has to be true. Mm. But you know what happened that statue? Now, it has since been repaired, but you know what happened it? A gang of Pentecostalists came and attacked it with a hammer because they were, I think there was there was sites in Dublin as well, I think it was Clondalkin. So they, they went on a rampage attacking yeah. because of all of this idolatry. It's just like you couldn't make it up. But the so, Muslims wouldn't be into it either. Yeah, they don't believe but in so all like that. I was about six when Father Ted was out, and I had a special interest subject of Father Ted. I fucking loved Father Ted. When I'm thinking back to about age six, I'm sitting around with my grandparents and my aunts and uncles, and they're all really religious, and we're all talking this shit, and like hugely religious family. And there's all there's talk of that and a bit of skepticism, but it's not being thrown out entirely. And then I'm going into school and somebody's relics are being brought in and we're all having to file around the relics. And then we have to go into the convent next door. And like you'd be sitting outside the principal's office for something. And you like every Irish school had like statues of Our Lady everywhere. And you'd be sitting there and someone say, oh, my um, my my friend, uh, her sister is 10 years older than us. And when they were here, uh, there was a thing that Our Lady, um, she cried blood at each, she cries blood at Easter and then she cries at the weekend. And so they, oh, this bullshit goes through every school. But I also had Father Ted. So I'm not sure how much of that in my memory, like the Holy Stone <laughs> Rickard, I'm not quite sure how much of that is enmeshed with this just bullshit. <laughs> I saw Jesus in my toast this morning. Yeah. And I ate him. Um, 
So I so look, I, we haven't achieved anything other than I think to say that there's a lot of weird shit happens um, everywhere in the world, and trying to come to terms with and put your head around it is is difficult. I mean, I was in um, India, you know, to, to just to, to to give the Catholics a little bit of a break here. I was in India for I was living there for a couple of months in Mumbai, and one day uh, down near um, Bandra, this miracle happened beside a mosque and the water outside Bandra into the sea and by the way the, the sea outside if you want to think about Ringzen being polluted this is just you know yeah. disgusting um, and the water had desalinated right so you could and the water is brown but it's desalinated so you could drink the water okay mm. and so there was a big uh, conclave of um, Muslims who came saying it's a fucking miracle. They were wheeling themselves out in their crippled wheelchairs into the sea and mm. they were buying bottles of water, pouring out the real water and filling it with the brown stuff and drinking it and pouring it on their blind eyes and everything. It was a whole big deal. And the next day in the Times of India, there was a headline that said, do not drink water at Bandra. It is full of human and animal effluent, right? <laughs> And they were literally getting the hospitals fucking geared up for a massive influx of, of poison people. But that didn't happen. So that fed the miracle. And of course, geologists came and said, well, there was the monsoon just mm. happened. There's an aquifer under there and the water will flow out. It overflowed. And so it's only water coming out into the sea from that's fresh water. Not to be outdone, literally the same week, the Hindu festival of Ganesh was on which is the I think the elephant king I'm not mm. quite sure and again apologies Hindus if I've got this wrong but the elephant statue some elephant statue in Mumbai was drinking milk when you put it up to the face the fact that the statue was made out of sandstone if you put milk yeah. up, you could soak into it but not to be at all so you had the Muslims of Mumbai and the and the Hindus of Mumbai vying for miracles that week that I was there and it was just hilarious I think for me, if I had to say it's something, we're, we're in a computer program and people can fuck with us and they do regularly. <laughs> Donald Trump is one, coronavirus might be another, Ganesh statues drinking milk, moving statues in balance, little. But you know, it's just like, that's gone way out of fashion. You don't see any moving statues anymore. Since no. the Murphy Report, actually, yeah. that's when I think it, it all, the Murphy Report was a lot of the abuses of children in the church of sexual abuse. So like since... It's all come out in the wash and people are a bit pissed off with the Catholic Church here. And since everyone's not going to Mass anymore, it's just a day out for the bouncy castle. You notice no one's seeing any moving statues anymore. Mm. And since we have camera phones. One of the reasons they were saying UFOs haven't or have subsided was because everyone has camera phones. If you think about it, if we're in a scary forest and we see a thing, we can all just go, you know, video it. I mean, there was a a meteor hit Russia about five years ago and it was on loads of car phones and you could see it landing. Yeah. And we have cameras in streets and we have cameras everywhere. So Yeah, so if I see a weird thing, there's much more chance I can go on Twitter and someone else go, oh, yeah, I saw, I saw that too. And someone goes, yeah, meteorologist says, you know what that was. Yeah, it's exactly. actually, yeah. And you have a film. But we also have far more high-tech cameras and radar in fighter planes and stuff like that that can actually yeah. lock in on these things. The idea that they may not want to be found, and you know, don't poke, don't feed the animals, right? We say that in the zoo. <laughs> don't get spotted by humans <laughs> if you're going to visit Earth. Um, and it could be the same people who were behind the UFOs or behind um, Garabandal and Mary, Marian apparitions. As the Don said earlier, the truth is out there. This has been one of our longer podcasts. Is there anything <laughs> else you wanted to add before we go? I mean, I just, I don't know where we go from here. 
anyone wants to know, let us know where we go from here, contact me at Twitter. Thank you all very much, those of you who are still on my Patreon. Uh, many of you have been on for the last three years, and I thank you. And if you want to stop at any time, do, right? Uh, you've gone above and beyond. And anyone who hasn't and enjoys the show and would like to throw a pint our way, every month you can go to patreon.com backslash B and sign up in under three months. That's a podcast, I think. All right, God bless. Take care. God bless you all. Take care and don't get a new probe. Bye.